you start to get the fear of missing out when they're carrying on without you anymore. Um, right. You know, I've been on the receiving end of that. Join us on an empowering journey as we dive into every facet of a woman's confidence from relationships, both personal and professional to employment, education, and entrepreneurship. We will navigate the inspiring pathways of growth. Together, we'll unlock the secret to cultivating a positive mindset through diverse experiences of other women's stories and teachings. Let's not forget divorce and marriage. There is no topic that is taboo here. Get ready to embrace your inner strength and become uninterrupted so you can unleash your true potential. Before we jump into today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes that we release. We would also love it if you could share in the comments a key takeaway or something that you are going to put into action from today's episode. Let's jump in to today's episode. We just found out that uh, we're in the same city, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Guesting on these podcasts and having guests on come from all over the place. So it's kind of neat that we could almost like wave to each other. (laughs) Not quite. Um, So I am, well, I was in real estate development for 30 years. A series of events led me to have to make a decision whether I was staying in that business or trying something else. And I had a business idea. I started working with a coach. I had no idea that working with a coach was going to bring some personal revelations to me. Um, And I guess put together a lot of things that have happened in my life. The puzzle all came together. Um, And somehow I ended up becoming a personal growth coach. And I'm basically helping other women and a few men avoid the difficult struggles I had with toxic and dysfunctional relationships. Um, I didn't know at the time that there was something necessarily wrong with a lot of the relationships. Right. Turns out there is. So, you know, one of my goals is to be able to share that knowledge now and help people avoid, um, a lot of the struggles I had and, and not lose time in their lives. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's so important. Now, For people who don't know and want a better understanding, what is like the toxic and dysfunctionals? Like, what are we looking for, basically? Um, You know, it can be belittling. It can be ignoring. Um, I know I have a post that I've done recently that's garnered a lot of um, conversation about uh, the silent treatment is toxic behavior. And when I write it, some people are like, well, I've had to go silent on someone and that's, I'm not toxic. And I'm like, no, I'm talking about when somebody treats you that way. Right. When you're talking and trying to explain and they're just, it's like talking to a wall and you're so desperate to want resolution. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, people that, you know, I'm going to say lie, egomaniacs, um, I mean, the word narcissist, 
I use up. and we have to we have to get into what exactly is a narcissist, but a narcissist is a person that's displaying a lot of toxic behavior. Right. Um, it's dysfunctional behavior. It's just not equal treatment. It's not treating somebody with respect. Um, and, you know, on the receiving end, you feel unseen, unheard, unsupported. Um, and I think that's also, you know, sometimes even more telling is like, yeah. how are we feeling and how are, how are my clients feeling? Um, mm -hmm. Because there's so many different behaviors and characteristics. I think at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's not feeling supported, not feeling loved, feeling judged. Um, like I said, unseen, unheard, um, mm -hmm. you know, and your emotional needs aren't met. And, no. you know, in, in my humble opinion, those are kind of birthrights. Like, I think, yes. you know, I believe people deserve a chance to be happy and be heard and be loved and be supported. Um, we all need more of that. And, um, you know, everybody's got their own battles um, and, you know, sometimes we can't help those people or those people don't want to be helped. So, right. you know, we've got to decide how we're going to take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so what would you say would be some of those things that you do and strategies and tools that you start to take care of yourself? Like, yeah. Um, I mean, setting boundaries with what sort of behavior you're willing to tolerate. Um, I know in some situations, verbally setting a boundary is you have to look at each case separately because you know there are going to be situations where you're in a position where it's you're not safe or you don't feel safe setting a boundary um mm -hmm. so it's it's some of them are silent a lot of it is just changing your energetics and learning to and and like i said i don't avoid answering the question, but it really is a case by case basis. Right. Um, you know, in my scenario, the, I estranged myself from my parents and one sibling, uh, mm -hmm. 10 years ago. And that was my boundary. And that was what I needed to do to feel safe and mm -hmm. start healing stuff. I didn't even know needed healing. Um, right. You know, putting, and again, we can go back to family, um, you know, when it comes to events and whatnot, deciding, you know, if you're going to family events, if you're going, how long you're staying. Um, yeah. If you're going to, a, a, I remember going to meet my parents for, you know, lunches in a midway point. And I made sure that, you know, there were four topics that were not to be discussed. Right. Um, because there was a conflict there. So, you know, and it, it, it makes it extremely uncomfortable and not unnatural, but in my instance, I, I didn't have anybody guiding me. I kind of went through it blindly and got to the point where no one was listening and I had to walk away. But what I didn't know is that you can't change other people. Yep. And that's and, a hard lesson. And that hard lesson. is what if I have to go back and look at all the struggles I've had with bosses, with family, um, and sometimes with friends, it was mm -hmm. that I was trying to, 
And when I say change, I don't mean change as like the intrinsic person necessarily, but there was some pretty bad behavior and bad treatment of me. And, it, and that's the stuff I was trying to get to change. And right. I didn't realize that it was up to me um, to make some of my own adjustments um, and then see what the tri trickle effect is or was right. that. Mm. Um, and that's, you know, something else I work with my clients on. I mean, it sounds really simple just to say you can't change other people, but I'm 56 and, and I only learned that recently. And it, it sounds so simple. But it's not. It's no. not. Because you, there, it's, it, it becomes a mix of you want, it's like helping them, right? And you get stuck in the, the need to help them. They can do it. I know. I, I believe in them. I know they can do it. And then the the lot the dealing with the grief, the loss of that, whatever that relationship is, there's a lot packed into, you know, why people want to change people. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I just, like I said, I looked at, you know, work and family situations and it was like, you know, banging your head against a brick wall. And the more I tried to challenge and change and explain like I look like, the, you know, the, the, thou dost protest too much. Yeah. That's kind of what, it, that's kind of what it was like. And, you know, then anyway, without getting into all my personal stuff, I just, I know I did not have anyone to guide me through those times. I did have, you know, a traditional armchair therapist. I'm right. not knocking them and I'm not a medical professional. I do have, you know, training and I have hard lived experience Mm -hmm. But the armchair therapy um, really got me through the day-to-day, -day, but it right. gave me no tools about understanding people, myself, um, you know, my unconscious and mm -hmm. how I was, you know, this 10% from the, the neck up is running the show, but it's being run by the 90% of, you know, how we see the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, all those sort of awarenesses and breaking down, you know, the pieces, um, mm -hmm. you know, when my client comes to me there, they may come with a presenting problem. The problem is they've got a dysfunctional relationship, but we're really going to start working on them. Right. Yes. Cause it starts with you first. It, it does. And as much as the other person may be, uh, I don't know, just, a crazy person or whatever we want to probably using politically incorrect terms. Right. But we still have some responsibility in terms of like adding or adding fuel to the fire, um, keeping the relationship or the dysfunction gone. Um, like I said, I caveat because there's, you know, physically abusive, there's verbally abusive. There's, you know, yeah. there's some, dangerous situations and um you know i would never feign to start just giving off the cuff sort of advice so to speak but right you know i'm not saying that my client who is in an abusive or dysfunctional relationship is to blame for it however we are responsible for ourselves and you know I, it's like i said it's not blanket you, 
in all cases, you can't just necessarily walk or set boundaries. Mm -hmm. um, and there's so much more to it. Like there's traumas that the clients have gone through themselves. And, and it's, yeah, there's, there's a whole onion to peel back. Yes, there is. So, okay. As we were talking, a thought came to my head and I know it's a, a big trend right now. And it's, um, like your social circles, like removing yourself from your social circles. So, and those dysfunctional social circles, right? Those toxic social circles. So what are some strategies? Cause that, that's a conversation in our community all the time. Um, what are some strategies that you recommend for a woman who is in a, an unhealthy social circle? The one thing I would probably avoid doing is confronting it. Mm. Because I think, you know, confronting it, like if you're wanting to change it or to call somebody out, um, mm -hmm. chances are they're going to be on the defensive and you're going to end up feeling hurt at the end right. of the day. Um, I think it's just, you know, when you say so social, like if it's, invitations and group things mm -hmm. you know it's it is making excuses but it's putting yourself first and and like i said no one needs to explain why they're doing something right so i just think gradually well it doesn't even have to be gradually you just start taking a few steps back and the other thing that happens when you're doing that you may either see the real true colors where no one comes after you and says what's wrong mm -hmm. or someone may step out of that group and go Hey, is everything okay? Yeah. You know, we've seen you, you back away. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, obviously removing yourself as tempting it as it is, we're all voyeurs, you know, removing yourself from the temptations of following them and, you know, the social media and whatnot. And you start to get the fear of missing out when they're carrying on without you anymore. Um, right. You know, I've been on the receiving end of that. Not mm -hmm. necessarily because I was, I'm going to say the one to blame, but it's, uh, you know, that's something else that can be done. Yeah. 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 So with, and being in those types of relationships and having those types of experiences, what would you say are some of the limiting beliefs that while one you experienced and some of your clients have experienced? Uh, that I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. Um, I know one of the ones I really struggled with and, and still do occasionally, it still pops up there, um, yeah. is people don't like me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm not smart. Did, did I say I'm not smart enough? I'm not smart enough. Is another one that comes up a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not worthy those would be probably four, you know, main ones. I mean, we can go down the, I'm not lovable. Right. Um, I'm too old. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you're not, cause you look amazing. <laughs> no, I'm not too old. And thank you no. for saying that. <laughs> no, you're not. Um, so what are you doing now? Cause those are the limiting beliefs and we know that they're not true. Um, they're just things that like to come up and create barriers for us sometimes, but we have to combat those, those think that thinking and start to move 
towards positive thinking. So what are some positive things that you are doing or saying to yourself to help you move past when those limiting beliefs show up? Um, I was working with a, another coach about a year ago, and I think we were on a call one day and I was feeling stuck. I think I had a bit of imposter syndrome. Um, and I can't remember exactly the term she used, but I'm using, well, I'm saying it's joy stacking. Mm -hmm. um, so when I start to go down that rabbit hole or start doubting myself, um, because although validation from other people is nice, yeah, you're not always going to get it. Nope. So I do, I do um, something called joy stacking. Um, and I do this with my clients and I've passed it along to a few friends lately. And I kind of look at, you can go in a, a year, six months, three months, but you know, if you're on that personal growth journey, because mm -hmm. these are the people I think we're talking to or who are listening to us today, right. um, you know, what's in your life that wasn't six months ago. And I mean, for, for me, it was, I hadn't booked 36 podcasts to be a guest on, you know, Woo! I hadn't, uh, my boyfriend moved in and it's the first time in 56 years that I've lived with anybody. I know I'm a late bloomer. I have a lot of shit in the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, hadn't just bought a new house together. Didn't have a, a mailing list of subscribers. Um, you know, didn't have my final certification in quantum change process level two. Mm -hmm. um, hadn't attracted some really like awesome, like-minded new individuals into my life. None of that stuff was here six months ago. So I have to remind myself when I'm doubting that right. I'm also attracting with all this work I've done, attracting and continue to do because it is an ongoing process, but I'm attracting all these things that I've never had before. Right. And it's, it's amazing. It really is. Yeah, it is. It's, a, it's amazing and beautiful. And what are you, how are you feeling? Like, what are the feelings you're feeling? At peace. Mm -hmm. uh, lucky. Um, I have the tools to better manage. You know, we're still going to get triggered. It doesn't matter how much yeah. we're trained. And sometimes having all this awareness now about why we're reacting to, or why we're responding or wanting to react a certain way can mm -hmm. be exhausting. Mm -hmm. um, because I can be driving and someone does something and I want to just react a certain way. And then I'm like, no, stop. There's more to the story there. They've got a story. Um, I would say not that I've ever not been compassionate, but I right. think in dealing with, you know, if I had to go back to the workplace, like where there was a lot of dysfunction, there were a lot of egos. And when, you know, the guy came in trying to be Mr. Macho. What did a man to do? Just went head to head with him and tried to put him in his place. Mm. It, first of all, it's not worth it. And I know that. Right. Um, second of all, I'd probably take a softer approach than I did back then. And third yeah. of all, I'd look at the individual and go, okay, why are they behaving that way? Mm -hmm. Cause there's, there's a reason. Yeah. You know? yeah. And then, you know, how are you going to then diffuse the situation? Um, and I have, uh, I know you said you'd ask me at, at the end, but I, I did do a, a book, um, 
an ebook and it basically goes through like a before and after of four different scenarios mm -hmm. of actually they were all my real life examples. And then there was the after using the tools like setting boundaries, saying no, you know, using I statements. Um, and I never got a chance to practice those because I didn't have the tools when I was in the situation. Right. But I write about how the outcome would have been. And, right. Um, um, and some of it is just, you know, disarming people and, and not in a manipulative way whatsoever. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. in, in a very conscious way. Right. And it's just a, scent, a softer, more approachable, not confrontational, and mm -hmm. creating the space for that person to learn from what you are bringing, right? So that they don't have to go to the next situation and deal with it the same way they dealt with you. Correct. Um, and I, you know, like I said, I did very well in the job I was in. Mm -hmm. um, you know, had a senior level management position for years, had tons of autonomy and responsibility. Um, but I can't say I was everybody's favorite. Right. And there were definitely certain behaviors that, you know, triggered the heck out of me. And, you know, would I like the chance for a do-over? No, I like my life right now. Um, and it doesn't mean that any of their behavior was okay. I mean, right. I'm sitting in a boardroom and one of these men is acting like a pompous whatever, or one of these women walks in using their, you know, sexual prowess to try take over the room. And those things like me, it's like red flags. Like I don't like anybody. Like I'm what you see is what you get. Right. So putting on these shows, like, you know, and I didn't consciously go, I want to knock them down a spot, but I'm like, no, this is my boardroom. I'm running this meeting, like take it down a notch, but no one ever had my back and everybody mm -hmm. just let these people behave that way. And, you know, I'd leave the meeting and I'm like, what, like, why doesn't anybody ever say anything? Right. Right. And I mean, I don't know how many times with leadership, I was like, you know, this isn't right. And I mean, it's just the way it is. Like, no one wanted yeah. to deal with it. No one wanted to confront them. And if that's the way the world's working sometimes, then we got to take it on ourselves to figure out, you know, how best to handle the situation. And you can't always walk away. You know, it's no. not always physically and financially a choice. Yeah. But you have to figure out how you are going to deal with it. Right. And what choices can you make? Because you have choices that you can make. 100%. Just create a plan and get a coach. <laughs> get a well, coach. That, I mean, that is that is one thing about the coaching. And like I said, I can, I can. I'm not on here as a sales pitch. I'm right. really, I'm more and more every day becoming more passionate about like the amazing things that come from working with a coach because I've gone through it myself. And mm -hmm. I have a bunch of, you know, great sort of a mastermind like coaching community and we get together and, you know, support each other. And like just the changes and the shifts I've seen in my own life um, right. as a result of doing that work on me and, you know, understanding what my parents did the best they could with the tools they had at the time. That's right. again, something so simple, but I didn't get it. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
Well, now you do. You got it. <laughs> and I want to pass that knowledge along. And, you know, it's not cheap and it's a lot of work. And, you know, when I say, you know, my clients come to me with one problem, but there's really something, something else. Yes. There's a basket of problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so what are some of your goals for the next 12 months? You like to work in 12 month segments. I have to learn to garden. Ah. Um, I've been living in condos mm. for the better That's part of time. Yeah, my back. Yeah. My yeah. poor back. Um, I have to learn to garden. Um, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I want to grow my, like, subscriber list. I want to continue doing more podcasts. Um, I've got a few, you know, master classes and workshops um, lined up. I was just sort of waiting to get the summer. Not making excuses, but everybody's doing their own things in the summer. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so to do some of that in the fall. Um, and, you know, I tr traditionally do one-on-one -on -one coaching. So my sessions are normally two to three hours a week if it's like a six week breakthrough type thing. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of work on, on my end of, you know, setting up tasks, reading journals, like following up um, mm -hmm. with my clients. So I tend to normally take on like two to three a month. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So okay. I, I prefer doing, like I said, the one-on-one. -on -one. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, you know, tailored to everybody's um, specific needs. And then the other thing that I, I like to get out in the fall is just doing a sort of a drop-in, uh, you know, Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Um, right. Sort of hot seat cool. coaching. Yeah. Um, so I've got, I've got sort of the framework for all that stuff done. Um, mm -hmm. And then I have a webinar that is halfway completed, but I put on hold for the summer. Just, I didn't know I was going to move. Okay. It so was now you got to get that. <laughs> yeah. It was, it's, it's all happened in like a six week period of time. So oh, okay. buying and selling and whatnot. So it's kind of crazy. Ah, uh, well, that's good. That's good. New transition, new, fresh, new ideas. You'll be yeah, and, ho and hopefully a trip somewhere warm. Yes. <laughs> Yay. Um, okay. So how do you celebrate yourself before we wrap up today's interview? I get my nails done. Ah, with my favorite color. I just Love did it. That this I actually just did that this afternoon. Oh, I love it. Um, and, oh, how do I celebrate myself? I don't know. I've gone from making, you know, a nice six-figure income to being a solopreneur starting right. off. So I just, I think I joy stack because I don't, you know, financially at this point, I'm starting brand new. Right. So I can't say I'm going to go out and, you know, buy myself a, ring to celebrate myself and say congratulations on you know a new certification or signing a new client mm -hmm. um so i think it is reminding myself um of what you achieved of what i've achieved and yeah. you know how far i've come 
Mm, beautiful. So um, before we... end today's chat, what are some ways that um, people can connect with you? Uh, on Instagram and Facebook, I am Amanda Kirkland Coach, mm -hmm. which I think it says right down there at the bottom in yes, green. It does. Well, yep. in black on green. Um, and I have a, a free ebook that I mentioned. Um, there's a link to that on my Facebook and Instagram. Uh, the free ebooks, four, four Secrets Gritty Strong Women Need to Know to Rise Above Toxic Relationships. And then in brackets, without hundreds of hours of therapy. Ah, um, love it. And then my website is amandakirkland.com. And there's a, a registration there that pops up if you want the ebook. Um, you know, just pop your email address in there and you will receive it momentarily after that. Yay. Awesome. Thank you. So the way we like to wrap up our interviews is with rapid fire questions. Um, the first one is, um, what's a non-negotiable in your life? The silent treatment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very painful. Um, who's someone that inspires you? Lady Diana did. Mm. I think yeah. there's a bit of a kindred spirit there in myself. Self? Um, amazing. And um, I know you're, you're stacking, self-care stacking, but what would you say is a self-care experience that you'd like to either do or you enjoy doing yoga. Yep. Mm. Yeah. My hot yoga is, um, yeah, my hot yoga is something that's really important to me. And, um, I only don't go when my back's not feeling well. Oh, I know I have one other non-negotiable that I've right. had to start to be a bit flexible on. It's my Saturday morning coffee and newspaper. Ah, <laughs> it was something that I would not budge on. Like friends wanted to get together for, you know, a brunch on a Saturday. Right. I'm like, Saturday morning was I've now that I have somebody living, well, I'm living with somebody. Right. I now have to be flexible, but single a man, that was a non-negotiable. Ah, uh, the transition of that, eh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, now Saturday morning, it's breakfast out <laughs> at the local, yeah. you know, breakfast spot. But yeah, I, I like that. That's, that's an, it's not a non-negotiable, I, but I love brunch. Love, love yeah. brunch. Yeah. We, we enjoy doing it. And we, we first started trying all sorts of different places. Yeah. And somehow without discussing it, ended up finding one that was like the go-to. So they know us now and they even, you know, gave me a, in February when it was my birthday, a few of them came out singing happy birthday and I got, you know, free dessert. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for being on the show. 
Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the No More Interruptions podcast. Yay, you made it to the end. I would love it if you could subscribe to our podcast channel and drop your key takeaways in the comments on iTunes. This will help our podcast get to number one and be seen by more women. Thank you for listening.